you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and His Word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. Been in a series called Faith Moves, and today we're back in Hebrews chapter number eleven. Uh, for more, we just can't get out of it. And so uh, if you have your Bibles before we start anything, uh, if you would just get your Bibles real quick and hold them up, uh, we're going to make some declarations before we get into the word of God. Is that all right? So real, real high, hold them up. Now, here's the thing. I started doing this almost 20 years ago. Uh, and 20 years ago, uh, uh, there were a lot more like physical Bibles. <laughs> Technology has kind of overwhelmed that, uh, but I, I love my study Bible. It's four and a half pounds, and uh, lifting it up keeps my shoulder caps firm. So this all good, okay? So, so, so please lift it up real high. If you don't have a Bible, don't feel bad. Just lift your hand up. All right, just lift your hand up. We're making declarations. If you don't feel like doing any of that, that's fine. No one's going to single you out. It's all good, okay? Uh, uh, real high. Repeat after me. Today, today. louder. Today. The Holy, Spirit the Holy Spirit is going to speak to me, to speak to me about, faith. about faith. Specifically today, Specifically today. The, Holy the Holy Spirit is going to speak to me, speak to me about, having my faith about having my faith tested. tested. <laughs> Just want to see if the hands, I mean, the nine o'clock service, some people would know I'm good. No, I, I did not ask for all of this. I did not ask for this today. Come on, get them up, get them up, okay? <laughs> After, today, After today, I will know, I will know and fully understand, fully understand that as long as I have, as as I have a, relationship a relationship with God, my faith, my faith will, be tested. will be tested. God, God will, never me, will never tempt me, but he said nothing, he said nothing. about not testing me. So after today, I am going to successfully, unequivocally, victoriously pass my test. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so, so if you're taking notes on this message, please write it down. Uh, uh, the title of this message is Faith. To be tested. Faith to be tested. Hebrews chapter number 11, verses 17 through 19 say this. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Faith to be tested. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, would you please help us to pass our Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about Abraham a lot. Uh, and for a good reason. He is the foundation of our faith. 
Uh, he, he is the first one to take that faith move to come into a covenant with God in a way uh, that we are still walking in to this very day. I want you to refresh yourselves uh, with the um, information that 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 Abraham was 75 years old when he went into a covenant with God. He was given a promise by God that he was going to have a son. And 25 years later, God was faithful to his promise. Now let, let, let me just pause and, 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 and let that settle in for a moment so that those that have been waiting 25 months can take a chill pill, relax a little bit, and fully understand and know that just because it's not happening at a time that's convenient for you doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. 25 years later, he's given his promised son. This child grows up, and to the best of uh, the theologians and scholars' assessments, Isaac was between the ages of 14 and 18 years old. We'll explain why uh, those ages seem appropriate uh, in a little bit as we get deeper into this message. I want you to imagine that you've waited for the promise, you finally have the promised. And uh, all of a sudden, God decides to test you. Is there anybody in here that likes test? Anybody? Like, I don't see any hands shooting up. Like, yes, test me now. Uh, Most people don't like test. Yet, from the time you're born, there's seemingly an endless supply of tests that need to be taken from the time you are five years old, probably three or four years old, all the way through uh, uh, high school, you're you're being tested. And if you're glutton for punishment, you go pay an institution thousands of dollars (laughs) for them to test you again. (laughs) Some of you just spend so much time on Facebook. So we have to understand and know that the character that you are most like in the Disney universe (laughs) is Princess Leia. I took this test and I found out that I am the Incredible Hulk. It's exactly what when I took the test, I thought I I would probably be the Hulk. And I am. And then you post it and share it with everybody. I took this test. To see which Marvel character I was. Stop taking these tests. <laughs> but there's some tests that you can't escape. There are some tests uh, that we can't avoid. And, and, and I want to give you uh, a, a proper definition to what a test from the Lord means. This Hebrew word uh, for test means to venture, to put someone to 
the test. These next three words are powerful to give experience. To train. To conduct a test to to make. An attempt, that's the Hebrew word for test, that's the meaning of that word. In the Greek. It's almost identical, it just simply means to test someone or to put someone to the test. This information should produce a question. It's a question I want to answer. Why would God test us? Why would God test us? Well, I believe that he tests us for three reasons. Number one, I believe that it is to give us an experience. He, he, he wants us to, to, to know him in a way that we could not know him if we were never tested. There is knowledge that you have now that you would have never known had you never had to encounter a test. So it's to give experience. It's also to train us. It's to train us up in such a way that when we face another test down the road, we will not be moved from center when we experience the storms that come in our lives. And and lastly, based on those storms, uh, this, this is a reason why I believe he tests us to anchor us. I remember uh, when I became a young adult pastor in 2006, I, I, I seemed absolutely unqualified for this particular position. I was 30 years old and I was uh, given the task to start a young adult ministry at a church that had never had a young adult ministry, specifically for the ages of 18 to 30 years old. And I had never been in a young adult ministry. I didn't know anybody that did young adult ministry. And yet I was asked to start a young adult ministry. How many of you know when you don't know what to do, it's probably best to just ask the Lord. So I got on my knees and I asked the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, what what do young adults need? If I'm going to minister uh, to this demographic, what do young adults need? And here was the answer he came back with. He said, young adults need an anchor for their souls. It made me do the same thing. Mm. Mm. It's rich, God. So, So, So sometimes when God says stuff that's profound, I try to wax eloquent with him. Right. I try to. "Mm, Yes. Yes. You're you're right, God. They do need an anchor for their souls. For when the vicissitudes of life hit them, (laughs) when the storms knock them to and fro. They could be shipwrecked, lost in the deep blue sea, without a light to beacon them back to the shores of safety. To which God responded, that's actually not at all why I said that. And so with his infinite wisdom, he decides to diminish my finite wisdom by saying the following statement, Tim, on a calm day, With a clear sky and no wind blowing, 
a boat with no anchor will still drift away. And I said, oh. It's the subtlety of the tide. Going in and out. There's an undercurrent that will pull you. Even when nothing's going bad. And if you don't have an anchor for your soul. You will drift away. There's people that, that, that wake up like 24 months later and realize I don't have a relationship with God. Like I used to. They, they, they didn't set their watch and, and, and as soon as they turned 18, they were like, go to the club. About to sleep around. About to do drugs. About to get drunk. It was more subtle than that. It was a drink that turned into two. That turned into three. It was one movie at the house that turned into an overnight stay that turned into we lived together. It, it, it was one weekend where I was just tired and I listened to the podcast and now I'm out of community. It's not the storms that will take you out. It's the current. What do you do when a test comes? If you don't have an anchor, every test he tries to give you will make you run away instead of waiting to take it. What we're going to find through Abraham's life is seemingly implausible test why would God even why would he even have him take it but through some significant areas of Abraham's test I think we can glean from it and kind of find out what we're supposed to do with ours is that all right so 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 uh, uh, I have three points to this message and the three points to this message are centered around uh, this phrase, the three steps to pass your test. How many people want to pass their test? Like whatever test you're taking right now, whatever God's trying to show you, do through you, get through to you. I, I want to pass it. One of the reasons I want to pass it because I don't want to see it no more. Okay. <laughs> Anybody ever had to retake a test? This might be too personal and too fragile. Without you having had counseling, anybody ever got held back a grade? All right, we have one honest person. <laughs> Two, three, four. There. Mm. Mm. <laughs> right? I don't want to have to retake this test. I don't want to have to retake this grade. I want to get. I want to get past this test so I can go on and do what he's telling me to do. So I want to give you the three steps. To pass your test. Is that all right? Okay. Point number one, please write this down. Be ready to take your test. Be ready to take your test. How many people in here, be honest, 
uh, were the type of student in school that if you had a test uh, December 15th, you started studying November 15th. You were like, I'm going to get all the material. I'm going to read the book twice. I just want it to stick. And then I got with my friends and we're going to do flashcards. And I'm just going to do drills because I'm going to ace this test. Right? You prepare for your test, right? You don't, you don't have to get ready because you stay ready. Anybody? You, you, you wake up in the morning, I'm already ready already. Like, you know what I mean? You ain't waiting on me. Like, you just, you know what I mean? We're about to go. I'm, re- I'm in the car. <laughs> We're going to Cabo next year. I already booked the tickets. Like, what? I know you was going to say Cabo. Like, when you just ready, you stay ready. Okay. Anybody else in here, be honest, by a show of hands, you think preparation is the night before. You just... You don't have an issue with procrastination. It's just that... It wasn't until the 15th. So why do I need to worry about tomorrow? God said I need everything I need today. <laughs> You just deep and spiritual. That's your problem. That's you're not more saved. You're just you're a procrastinator. You need counseling. Okay. So uh, the night before, you're like, make it stick, Jesus. The Bible says He'll bring all things back to my memory. He wasn't talking about biology, boo. He was he was talking about Jesus's word. Okay. So right. And then the people that 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 prepared from November fifteenth. They're, they're different in class. Right? They walk in, pencil is sharpened. They sit down, teacher hands out the packet, they are like, hmm. <laughs> teacher! I'm done! Can I, can I go? Sitting next to (laughs) ten minutes left. I'm only on the fourth question. Where did the time go? You you need to be ready to take your test. Abraham was ready. He didn't have to get ready. He he was actually too ready for me. It's uncomfortable how ready he was. Genesis chapter number 22, verses 1 through 3. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, there's an exclamation mark, so I'm just trying to, God called, yes, he replied, here I am, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, I mean, God is rubbing this in, and go to the land of Moriah, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Okay, can we just pause real quick? You've waited 25 years for this child. You've had somewhere between 14 to 18 years 
of bonding with this child. And, and then God plays repo man. <laughs> and asks for the child back. Now, now this, this, is, this is where most believers run into an impasse. If we're honest. Because it's hard to d- discern a test from God versus a test that we put ourselves in versus an attack from the enemy. It's just hard to discern. So um, I would imagine that if Abraham uh, grew up uh, in, in, in the era that we have grown up in church and that, 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 that hearing something like this um, he, he would have responded a completely different way. He would have heard Abraham, take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love. And I want you to take him up to a mountain. I want you to offer him as a burnt sacrifice to which he would have responded. Mm-mm, the devil is a lie. Mm-mm. I'm getting on the phone with my prayer warriors now. This is not God. I rebuke this. You are not. God would never tell me to do this. And you get on the phone with your prayer warriors and y'all all pray. And then you get some oil and you use it. E-V-O-O, it's the only thing approved. Canola oil does not work. <laughs> Sunflower oil does not work. Okay, right, right, you, you mm, I bind this. And after you bound it, it was still there. And God was like, oh, I'm, mm, this is actually not the devil. It's me. My test. Take your son, your only son, go up the mountain. Verse number three. This is, this is disturbing. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire, for a burnt offering, and set out for the place God had told him. Let me tell you who Abraham is. Abraham is the man that studies November 15th for the December 15th test. He was already ready already. He didn't have to prepare for this. I I, I don't know if he was waiting. But God tells him this and he just jumps up the next morning, gets his two servants, takes some wood, gets Isaac. He's like, I'm ready to take this test. There's so many people over the years, theologians and sermonizers who have Uh, try to peer more into what is written, which I will not do. A lot of people want to know if Abraham consulted with Sarah. They had a conversation about it. Bible doesn't say they did. So he probably didn't. He heard from the Lord, got his son, started heading toward him. He was ready to take his test. No matter what report has come to you, No matter what circumstance or situation you're going through right now, I'm just encouraging you, be ready to take your test. Your faith walk never came with the clause that you were not going to have trouble. Your faith move in God never came with a clause that you had diplomatic immunity from a thing we call life. Your faithful ties will not exempt you from life. We all have tests that we have to take. 
And God knows how to tailor make the tests to produce in us what is needed for us to move forward with our next faith move. So point number one is be prepared and be ready to take your test. Point number two, please write this down. Take your test. Y'all know I have simple points all the time. Take your test. Anybody in here uh, uh, have test anxiety? Like you study real well, like the quizzes and stuff you do great on, but there's something about test day. There's something about when they say your 90 minutes starts now. And all of a sudden, the test that's in front of you, the whole thing goes blank. Like all the words disappear. Where to write your name? Dis- you're like, I don't, what, a, what, I don't know what to do. Where is, I don't know, where is it? Like it's multiple choice and you're like, I, I knew it. it was, I, I think it's B. But D sounds right too. I think it was 1898 or it was 1901. I just know it was a long time ago. Where's the bubble for a long time ago? Like, like, like you just, there's something about the quiet and the ticking and the fact that you are by yourself in a room full of people, but it's your test. Your whole prayer group is surrounding you but you're the only one that has to take the test. You have people present with you, but they can't do anything for you. They can't help you on the test that's cheating. And so you're surrounded by people, but they can't do anything for you. You have to take the, you have to take it. It seems unfair. We want to do it with the buddy system. Can my friend go? Lord, Tina, we good together. Can we take the test? He's like, no, no, no. This is your test. You have to pass your test. There's an experience that you need. For where I'm taking you, you need to have this experience. And he says, you need to take your test. Here's what it says with Abraham. Genesis 22, starting from the fourth verse. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but, but where? I was just trying to figure out because usually, usually, usually when there's a burnt offering, like when there's a sacrifice in general, wood, check, fire, check, but we usually have an animal to sacrifice. So where? I was just trying to figure out where the burnt offering was for the sacrifice. Here's Abraham's response. God 
will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. This is faith talking right here. I don't know how. I don't know where. I'm just I'm but but I just have to believe because I, I know what he said. I heard what he said. He said, take you. But I'm just believing that between now and then, a little animal going to have to produce come out of somewhere. Because I just don't think it's going to go down like this. I waited for you 25 years, and at 15, you got to go. I'm just saying, there's no equality in that. You got to live to at least 25. I mean, at least as long as I waited. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on this, this part. Okay. So, so I told you, this, this boy, this is not a little boy, right? An eight or nine year old is not carrying wood. Okay? So this is a teenager. He has strength. Let's just put him, let's put him at 16. Okay? Just going to put him at 16. Somewhere between 14 and 18. I'm just going to put him at 16. Okay? Put him in the middle. He's carrying this wood. Okay? So that means that Abraham is 116. Isaac is 16. Isaac is stronger. Isaac's faster. And Isaac's not stupid. Isaac has already surveyed and done reconnaissance on this situation. He's gathered all the intel he needs to know this is not looking good. He's holding the wood for his father. His father has a knife and fire. He's taking the wood out of Isaac's hand. He's putting it on the altar. He's making this altar. Thanks, son. I appreciate you holding that. Thanks. Oh, great. Thank you. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay, got, gets it all straight up. Then he, he, and then he gets the rope. Thanks for the rope. I appreciate you. Hey, would you hold this? Just hold that part right there. Thanks. Thank you for holding that. Here's the part of this that's, that's fascinating to me. Isaac doesn't say anything. See, you, you may be in an Abraham season where God is calling you to sacrifice something you love. Or you may be in an Isaac season where you feel like you're the one being sacrificed. And, and, and if you're in the Isaac season right now, you actually have to have more discipline than if you're in the Abraham season. Because if I'm in the Isaac season and it looks like you about to tie me up, I'm just, I would love to say that I, that I would be like Isaac, but I might be like Tim. 
<laughs> and I'm not going to say I'm going to punch my daddy. I'm not going to say that. But he might get shoved before I bounce down this mountain and get the two servants. Like, yo, yo, get the donkeys, get the donkeys. <laughs> my daddy crazy. I got, we got to go. Sarah! Mommy! Like, I would... I gotta tell my, I don't know. Listen, they need to be in agreement on stuff like this. You ain't gonna just tie me up. Did my mama give you a permission slip before you took me? Like, I, I'm just saying, I don't know. I would love to say that I'd be Isaac, but I don't know. You need discipline when it feels like you're the one being sacrificed. You have to resist the urge to run away from your test because if you don't take it, you will have to retake it. God, I'm talking to somebody in here. You've moved three jobs, but your boss has the same attitude on all three jobs because it's not the boss that you have a problem with. It's the spirit that God wants you to pass the test on and they keep triggering something on the inside of you and you keep saying, I don't need this, I'll leave. And God's saying, I want you to stay because I want something to be settled in your heart that you no longer move based on someone else's dysfunction. You can stand in the season I've placed you in no matter what the problem is around you. Am I talking to somebody in here? Okay, okay. so... So, so Isaac is just, Isaac is just getting tied up. And th- th- what's profound is he says nothing. Like, I know he has thoughts, but he's not sharing them. He is like, this is, I did not see this coming this morning. <laughs> then Isaac lays down, Abraham's 116. He's not picking up this child, putting him in an altar. Isaac is like, if this is what you think this is. Just lays down. He's taking his test. Abraham's taking his test. Isaac is taking his test. (laughs) And then the last, the last sentence, the last sentence. And Abraham picked up his knife. To kill his son as a sacrifice. Now, here's the problem I have with with the timing. Come on, God. Right now, Jesus. (laughs) Breakthrough, Lord. Hello? Hello? Like, like when, when, when they got up, when Abraham got up in the morning and got his service and got the wood and got his fire and got his knife and walked with Isaac, like that, that wasn't proof that he was going to do it. Like, like right there, God could have called all of heaven and been like, he, he good. He, he's going to do it. No. They get to the mountain. They're walking up the mountain. God could have been like, call it off. He was going to do it. He ties Isaac up. You would think that's the perfect time to be like, ha, 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 ha. No need. Just wanted to check. He waits till he gets him on the altar, laid down, and waits. He waits until Abraham pulls his knife out 
to do anything. He took the full test. He, 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 didn't have to, he didn't get to page two and go, that's enough. He made him finish the entire test. And, 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 and until this, the test wasn't over. Walking there didn't count. Tying up didn't count. That's an incomplete test. Thinking about it didn't count. Sharpening the knife didn't count. When he got here, that's when he said, okay, point number three. You can call it off now. Point number three. Pass your test. He, he, he said, this, this guy gets it. He, he's going to pass the test. Genesis chapter number 22, verses 11 and 12. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham! Listen, exclamation marks. Why? Because he was going to do it. When you like this, the only thing you got to do is this. It wasn't like when he was sharpening it. He waited till he got up here. He was like, uh-uh. Abraham! Abraham! Now, let me tell you how, look at the urgency. Verse 12. Don't lay a hand on the boy. Do not hurt him in any way. For I now know, I now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. He said, I, I got to, uh, okay, I got to stop. We got to stop this. As soon as he gets up here, it has to stop. And here's why it has to stop. God peeks over the balcony of heaven. He goes, stop it. Get down there. Call this off. Because this guy right now, the way he's passing this test, he's about to have the testimony only I have. John 3.16, if God doesn't stop this test, cannot even be written the way it's written. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Oh, 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 oh. If he doesn't stop this test, John 3, 16 is going to say, for God and Abraham loved the world so much, they both gave up their own. God said, stop him. For he winds up with the same testimony I have. That only I can have. By the way, you do know that this is the, uh, 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 a type and shadow, Old Testament, pointing to the New Testament. Uh, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And what he is doing in this particular moment in time is making sure that you understand through a cameo glimpse, commercial, movie trailer appearance, that I'm going to do this all the way through. He's not going to lay on wood. He's going to be hung up on wood. And I won't spare him because that means none of y'all will get in. I'm going to make sure I go all the way through with my promise to get you back into relationship with me. So see, he, get him, get him. Stop that. And Abraham's about to. And the angel says, no, no now I know. Now I know that you really love him. But, but here, here's, the, here's the, 
the 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 tension and and the best that we try to do there's this big chunky word that I love that not a lot of people understand and you don't need to understand it but it's called anthropomorphic an anthropomorphic term is when uh, we try to ascribe something to God so that we can understand and digest like like we say about God that that he will hide us uh, under his wings does God have wings, though? No. It's just something we're trying to use to describe how he is. The Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Is he a tower? No, he's not a tower. Right? And, and, and so we use all of these terms and these words to try to paint pictures of, of his safety, his love, his nurturing, all of the attributes that, that come with God. And, and so it says that God says, now I know that you're faithful. Now, now I know that, that, that your faith is secure, but, but here's, the, here, here's the, the true essence of it. Now you know. See, see, unless we're tested, we actually don't know where our faith is in God. Without a test, we don't know what we can take. Without a test, we don't know where our real fidelity is. Do you really love God more than the stuff he gives you? You won't know till he takes some of it away. Is the reason why you've been so faithful to God is because of your good paying job and the nice neighborhood that you live in and the great home that you bought? in the car that you drive, or if it all dried up, would you still say the same thing? He's faithful. You won't know that until you test it. Here's what it says in uh, Hebrews chapter number 11, ver- uh, chapter 11, verse 19. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. There is a there is a, uh, a, a perspective, a thinking wavelength that I need to explain to you because I want you to have this as a believer in Jesus Christ. Abraham was so confident in God's word that he said, even if I had to go all the way through with it, he could have brought him back to life. This is Genesis 22, y'all. This is, there, there is no uh, a miraculous raising from the dead yet in all of human history that we have recorded at this point. This is before Lazarus, before Jesus. Abraham believed in the resurrection so early that he was like, listen, if the boy dies, I believe that God will bring him back. This is what you call an if not clause. This is what you call a, 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 and this drives Satan crazy. I'm going to share it with y'all so you can have it. Here's the if not clause. The best uh, 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 three people that I can give you this with is uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Okay? These are the three Hebrew boys. That, those are their proper names. I don't call them by their slave names. Right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were slave names assigned by uh, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar's uh, Babylonian empire. I call them by their, the mama named them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm going to call them, uh, I mean, not Shadrach, he, she called them Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's what I'm going to call them. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah um, uh, uh, were in government under the Babylonian rule. And um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar made a 90-foot statue. This is, this is uh, 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 Daniel chapter number three. And he said, when the music plays, everybody has to bow. Hundreds of thousands of people gathered 
to bow at this inaugural service uh, for this statue. And hundreds of thousands of people hit the deck when the music played. And Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah was just standing there like sore thumbs. Just standing there. And he said, if you don't bow, you're going to have to go into the fiery furnace. And they were like, ah, yeah. That part. So great government job. Appreciate it. It's awesome. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebi. Um... Don't take any offense to what I'm about to say because we we don't mean to be disrespectful in any way. Uh, uh, But based on our belief system, we cannot bow. We're not going to do it. Um, Not only are we not going to bow, but your furnace doesn't even threaten us. Because our God is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. Here's the sign of mature believer. But even if he doesn't, That makes hell mad. When you have a but even if he does it as your response, hell doesn't know what to do with that. Because because the enemy wants you to go to pieces over losing your job. Like he wants you to like completely spell. (laughs) I got laid off. (laughs) I can't believe I got laid off. It's not fair. I got laid off. That's what he wants you to do. And then you go, I got laid off. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. Not Exxon. Exxon was a resource. I didn't place my faith in a resource. I've placed my faith in the source. And the source is God. The same God that opened the door at Exxon will open the door somewhere else. And I'm going to be fine. When you have that perspective, Satan doesn't know what to do. You get a bad report medically and you're like, well, fine then. Great. I believe that God can heal me. But even if he doesn't, I'm going to praise him anyway. And the doctors are like, no, no, no. It's really bad. You're like, maybe bad for you, but I'm in a covenant with the Lord. And so if I live, I live for him. If I die, I go to him. I'm going to be fine. This makes hell mad. If I have a car, amen. If I'm on the bus, amen. If I'm married, amen. If I'm single, amen. If I get the promotion, amen. If I don't get the promotion, amen. If I, if I have a great day, amen. If it's a bad day, amen. If there's traffic on 635, amen. If it's really what it's supposed to be, a freeway, amen. Right, right. No matter what you try to throw at me, if I have the right perspective and my faith is in God, amen. Last, last passage, James chapter number two. You got to marry two things here. James chapter number two, starting at the 21st verse, it says this. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Let me just stop right there. See, you, 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 there's an action behind your faith. This is why this series is called Faith Moves. It's not Faith Stays. 
You have to do something. There's no, there's no faith without movement, without action. It requires that. Okay? So don't you remember that our, uh, then it says, uh, what is that? you see, uh, his faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and it was counted him as righteous because of his faith. I love this last sentence. He was even called the friend of God. How many people want to be a friend of God? You want to sing the song? I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Right, right. You want... I'm going to tell you how you get that friendship. Have faith. Can I tell you how to prepare for your test? By faith. Can I take you how to, can I tell you how to take your test? By faith. Can I tell you how to pass your test? By faith. The same faith that got you into the relationship with God will get you through the test that he's given you to take. How do you take the test? I take it by faith. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just taking it by faith. I don't know what God wants to do. I don't know what he's trying to produce, but I'm going to take the test by faith. The marriage could be completely, utterly decimated. And you're going, I'm going, I'm going to counsel him by faith. I believe he can restore Generational curse might have been in every single one of your family members. You're like, by faith, it's going to break with me. I'm going to take this test. This spirit of anger is going to break with me. I'm going to just take this test. I'm not going to get mad at my boss and punch him in the face like, I, like all my family did. I'm just not going to do it. There's a generational curse of punching bosses. I'm just going to break it by showing love. Like whatever it is, take the test by faith and pass it. Because when you pass it, you know what it turns into? A testimony that you get to share with others about the faithfulness of what he's brought you through. So, faith to take the test. Take it. Pass it. Wash, rinse, repeat. (laughs) Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.